Welcome to Racing Green, the podcast that explores the ideas, innovations, and influences making waves in the journey towards a sustainable future for our planet. In each episode, we investigate the new challenges, ingenious solutions, and the undiscovered opportunities that lie at the heart of our rapidly changing world. We aim to accelerate a new era founded on optimism and impactful collective responsibility. Today, in part two of this three-part series, we meet with Rosemary Lucot, co-founder and COO of Change Now in Paris, the largest event of sustainable solutions for the planet. Welcome, Rosemary. Hi. So tell us about Change Now. What is it and uh, what would we expect to find at it? Yeah, so Change Now is uh, the world's largest event for the planet. Each year we bring together the most innovative solutions and impactful change makers, tackling our planet's biggest challenges. And our mission through the summit is uh, really to accelerate change. So the last edition was uh, in Paris in May 2022. And we were on the emblematic venue of the Champ de Mars and uh, on the first floor of the Eiffel Tower. And uh, we gathered 1,000 solutions for the planet and the attendees coming from 120 countries. That's 33,000 attendees. Yes. Incredible. I mean, I had the pleasure of being at the event, um, my first visit actually, to Change Now, and it was absolutely spectacular. Not, not only the backdrop of the Eiffel Tower, but just the vision and, and um, all the effort that had been put in to create a sustainable event and and, and more importantly, an event which actually is trying to do some good. Before we even get, get going, I wonder if you'd tell us about your own background. How did you come to work in sustainability and, and to, um, to drive such an important mission like this? So, well, initially, I'm not from the, the sustainability industry. Uh, I, did, uh, I studied business. Then I worked for eight years in um, the health industry. So pretty, pretty different. <laughs> But I mean, there was a, a common point with sustainability, which is that I wanted to have a, a job that has an impact. And by that time, uh, it was through health for me. Then after eight years, I, I had yeah, some big changes in my life. I became a mother uh, and I, uh, I went on a maternity leave. And my husband was free at that time. And, and we, had, uh, we did a trip, a road trip together. With the, with the baby. And actually, during this trip, uh, it was kind of an initiatic trip uh, where we invented many things about our life, about, uh, and we questioned a lot of things uh, about our way of living, uh, our way of working as well. And we had this idea of change now in our mind and but it was just a, an idea, like a side activity. Uh, but back from this forty days uh, road trip, it was not just an idea anymore. We we really it was like we had to do it. And so we we took a few months to to test the idea. And and in the end, after four months, we said, okay, we really have to do it. And and we did our first edition one year later. Great. So when was that? What year was that that you did your first event? So the first edition was in 2017. Fantastic. And what was that like, that first edition? It must have been very early days and 
yeah, very, very grassroots, very... Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, for us, it was, uh, we did it with our economies with, uh, yeah, we started it from scratch. So it was NTV, it was not uh, easy because we were not from the sustainability industry and uh, we were not uh, renowned at all. We were not from the event industry as well either. So um, it was pretty tough to onboard partners. Um, but the idea and the vision behind the summit was uh, pretty strong, I think. And uh, we had many innovators, investors, um, networks, networks of change makers on board. And, and so we managed to, to do a, a really great program since the first year. And, uh, and we gathered 2,000 uh, attendees from more than 40 countries for the first year. So it was already, um, I mean, quite a, yeah, quite a, a, an event, <laughs> a big event. What was the reaction to the, you know, did it just build up from then or did you have to rethink that event? No, actually, the, the good thing uh, after this first edition is that really we validated the added value of the event for the innovators. Yeah. Um, and so this confirmed, uh, yeah, the desire to do the second edition in the, in yeah. the same venue. It was in Station F in Paris. Uh, actually, we, we, in 2000, for the first edition, we were, we opened, we were, we did the opening, uh, were the first event, I mean, in, in the, in Station F, which is, we just opened as the, the world's largest, uh, campus for startups. Yeah. So yeah, we it was a the, the first edition really validated validate, the concept uh, of the event. So we did our second edition then in, uh, again in Station F. Uh, we were at maximum capacity with uh, six thousand people. Wow! Uh, and it's really after this second edition that uh, I I think uh, people identified started to identify the event. So the concept was validated from inside, and then we we had recognition after the second edition. And actually, since the beginning, we said the best venue where we could do it would actually be uh, the Grand Palais in Paris. Yeah, because it is not only beautiful and central, which is, uh, I mean, a great venue <laughs> uh, for an event, but also because it really resonated in terms of history. Yeah. Uh, and thing is, so we went to see the, the Grand Palais and we told them the story why we wanted to, to have change now in this venue. And the, the story is that 150 years ago, we had the, uh, the, revo the industrial revolution. And at that time, to accelerate the, this revolution, we created something fantastic. We gathered the state of the art of this revolution from all over the world and we gathered them in one, in, in such place in some places to create the world expo yeah. the world exhibitions and those were fantastic events and they really played a role in, in the industrial revolution uh, and we said well we are 150 years later yeah. and we are living a new revolution the sustainability revolution yeah. ecological and, and inclusive revolution and the same way, we need to gather the state of the art of uh, this revolution and create together at the Grand Palais, which was built for the World Expo of uh, 1900. We, we, we will do together the first World Expo of Solutions for the Planet. Amazing. Yeah, so that's what we did in, in 2020 after the second edition. So for our third edition, we, 
we came we 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 did uh this big jump from a 150 square meters venue to a 15,000 square meters yeah How would you describe the Change Now event for someone who hasn't been before? Well, first, as you said, it is a very vibrant event. When you come to Change Now, you see uh, positive vibes all over the summit. Um, first, you are inspired by talks. We have uh, 400 speakers selected am- among world-leading thinkers, change makers, uh, decision makers. So you have in total five stages running all day long. You can learn about key trends, concrete actions for the planet. So this is one part. Second part is also uh, that you can discover hundreds of solutions exhibited uh, in the venue with live demos. So you can really test, touch, see those solutions. And this year, we also created new uh, pieces inside the summit. People could walk through a circular economy gallery so you see like an exhibition of really great initiatives of, about circular economy. Uh, we also had a, a, an exhibition of eight, nine pieces of art for change. So that we are not only focused on businesses, but we also have this emotional dimension of the summit. So there is some rational, like concrete solutions, but there yeah. is also um, this uh, emotional uh, touch in the summit. So you, you set out to create an event and you have created what is one of the, well, one of the most remarkable sustainability events in the world. And it's um, the largest, it looks like by far. You know, when we talk about events, people always think that there is a, a cost, an, an environmental cost of making an event. What have you done to make your event sustainable? Well, with such an event, which theme is sustainability, we really had to implement uh, all we we could to make it sustainable as well. But as you say, uh, it's not easy when you are just for three days. How can you make it uh, sustainable? So we use the principles, you know, of a circular economy, for instance, how you can refuse some some things that are usually used in the uh, in, in the event industry, like uh, carpet, like kimonos, goodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things we decided to refuse completely. Yeah. So for that, we had to edit, uh, write a charter and engage all our um, stakeholders so that they respect um, these principles. We also had to rethink how we can uh, reuse and or recycle our materials so first we had to, we, we rent a lot. So we really identified uh, new partners, new suppliers. Uh, we challenged a lot of suppliers and yeah. some actually were not from the, the event industry, mm-hmm. but we challenged them to, 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 to be part of the summit. And actually 90% of uh, our materials and furniture were rented. And then for, for those uh, who were not rented, we really tried to find second life uh, so how they can be used, uh, either can be re- upcycled. So for instance, um, many decorations, uh, were then used as bean bags, upcycled as bean bags. And we also have worked with partners who helped us find second lives for, um, yeah, leftovers. And what about sort of, um, the energy and other, other things like single use plastics? Yeah. So. 
our policy was very clear, no single-use plastic. Yeah. So there was no uh, bottle of plastic, which was a challenge because you have to work hand-in-hand hand with the venue uh, to have uh, water uh, fountains. And uh, it was not easy because we had part of the summit that was outdoor. We had to figure out how we can have uh, water outdoor. So we worked with a solution that brings water in places with uh, no water connection. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, we, 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 we found a way to, to, to integrate the solutions in the design of the summit itself. So there's no plastic, as I said, no kakimono for exhibitors. So we printed all the, the information on the wood. And uh, so it, it was also homogeneous. You did not have like many different uh, posters. And this was really thought also for the experience of, of the attendees. And we had no goodies. So yeah, the, 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 the exhibitors, the partners really uh, played also a role in, in this. Yeah. And was it a conscious decision to have some of the speakers attend digitally as opposed to flying them in? Yeah, totally. And you know, as an event organizer, actually 80 to 90% of your carbon footprint for an event is uh, transportation. So yeah, for some speakers, we really choose to have them remote because of the carbon footprint, especially like we had the, the prime minister of New Zealand and it was clear that we would not ask her to do the trip from New Zealand to change now just to talk uh, 10 minutes. So, um, so yeah, and Jane Goodall, she, she's pretty old as well. So it was also for, for her health. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a choice we take uh, into consideration now. And thanks to COVID, uh, I think we proved that we can uh, really have high quality uh, talks remotely. I was in awe of your, just looking at the technical team, it looked like it was absolutely first class. There was a lot of technicians and a lot of equipment and at least it looked for someone who was visiting uh, for two days uh, out of three, it looked very seamless um, and it looked very well organized. So what has changed now 2023 going to look like? So the vibe will be the same. I mean, we, we, we must keep uh, the authenticity of the summit and its vision, but it will be uh, bigger with yeah. even more solutions. We hope also, you know, we have the summit. There is part of the summit that is our production. We, but we also want this uh, summit to be a time for the networks, for our partners to to add side events and yeah. to 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 make it uh, like to to make Paris uh, vibrant yeah. uh, during three days. We will continue on that trend and yeah, make it uh, bigger and even more impactful. Great. And, and were there any lessons that you learned, um, especially now that your, you know, your whole mission was sustainability um, in the beginning from that, you know, that time that you took that trip, that world trip, and you, you needed to do this? Um, what, have, what have you learned along, along the way, you know, especially through this event, um, about um, what we need to do and what, what you as a team can do? 
Um, well, it's it's a personal journey yeah. as well. So uh, we learned a lot uh, in terms of ways of living. Um, but also, I saw over the past five years that the ecosystem uh, is really getting more mature. Uh, I mean, the first year, it was pretty tough to find 250 relevant solutions to highlight. And now we have to select uh, 1,000 solutions and they are raising like three times more funds on average than a few years ago. So in terms of sustainability, we really see that the industry is uh, is growing fast and we hope we play a role for the solutions so that they can connect with the right investors, partners, have a media visibility. So with such a successful event and a lot of agendas out there, corporate agendas, marketing agendas, how do you and your team decide which companies and products should be showcased at your event? Yeah, that's a very good question. And and that's key for us to, to identify the solutions we want to promote uh, because uh, we are not here to promote uh, greenwashing. Our mission is really to accelerate change. We are not an event for uh, marketing. So uh, we have a team of like six to eight people working year long in the selection of speakers, of solutions, of partners. So this is a, a big investment from our side. We invest a lot of time uh, to analyze and, and select uh, the solution and the partners we work with. So how do we select them? I mean, we have our internal expertise, but it's not all. We also have uh, external experts and we work a lot with relevant networks, networks of change makers, uh, incubators, accelerators uh, from all around the world. And the way we work with them is that we integrate them in the summit and we offer them the possibility to highlight their best solution, their most promising solutions for the planet, their most relevant solutions for the planet uh, at the summit. So uh, thanks to our networks, we, uh, we also have another filter uh, of the best solutions we can highlight. So this is for uh, innovations, uh, startups. Um, then uh, in your question, I also see the question of uh, the big corporates. Mm. Uh, who do we, do we work with and how do we work with them? So for that, we, the way we see things is that we don't work with a brand. We don't work uh, only with a company, even if we take, of course, in, into account the relevancy, the credibility of, of the company. But what we highlight when we have a, a corporate partner is a solution, a concrete action. Mm -hmm. uh, so they are not here to do branding. And actually, as you, you came to Change Now, and uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there is barely no branding, barely yeah. no logo. Uh, when they partner with us, uh, they agree to talk only about their solution and not for branding and logo visibility. They have other events, but here it's not uh, the topic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we identify with them uh, if they have best practices to showcase, and that's the way we work with our partners. And how does the event get funded? I mean, obviously there's ticket sales and, and 
it's pretty traditional for an event. We have three pillars in terms of funding. Yeah. Um, the, the, the tickets, of course, but it's a small part of the, of the funds. Then we have uh, the exhibitors and also the, the side events. Because during the day, we have our own program. And at night, we have privatizations of some places in the, in the main venue where networks can gather, uh, have product launches or more like gatherings and announcements. So this is the, the second part. And third part, of course, is the, our financial partners, which is uh, who are crucial. <laughs> Great to see that there wasn't sort of super big logos just splashed all over it. And there is always a bit of a compromise, I, I find, in events. But at the same time, um, you have to be credible. And, and it seems like you've done a good job there. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's tough. Uh, the team is working hard in convincing uh, the communications team uh, from our of our partners, but uh, in the end, you know, we have very great feedbacks. Yeah, from from our partners who say that they they have high quality discussions with the visitors because they don't come seeing the brand; they just come seeing the solution, and then yeah, they have uh, deep discussions. So um, they often have a new they have a new experience also themselves. Really. Really great. So how do you measure success of your event? So the success of the event is measured both in terms of quality and quantity. In terms of numbers, it's easy how many visitors we have uh, from how many countries. Is it a global summit? Mm. How many solutions can we highlight? Um, then in terms of quality, is it's really yeah the quality of our selection. We do also a survey at the end, and we do a survey so for the attendees, uh, the speakers, the solutions, um, just after the summit. But we also do surveys six months later yeah. for solutions um, to see what happened for them after the summit. Did they continue connections with people they, they met at the summit? And then we also we really keep the contact with the solutions. And sometimes one year, two years later, we have feedbacks from them. They they got uh, their investors at Change Now. Uh, we have a solution, uh, a fund that raised it for its first two million euros uh, at our first event in 2017, uh, and they now became the world's largest uh, fund for the ocean. Incredible! Uh, and so, and they come year after year at Change Now. And, um, we also have solutions that uh, find found partners and develop their, themselves internationally in 25 countries. Another startup that partnered with a big company in France and implemented its solution in thousands of houses. So these are kind of things we measure uh, six months, one year, two years later. And actually that's why the reason why we are here. We also had a solution in 2020 that helped the government implement a new law. It was a solution to fight against microplastic fibers in the washing machines. The government wanted to implement a law against that, but uh, the industrial in France said there was no solution. Mm. And then they met at Change Now this uh, international solution from Slovenia. And yeah. then a few weeks after the summit, they gathered... Uh, this solution and the, the French industrials mm -hmm. at the ministry. And then uh, they implemented a new law. So now in France, 
by 2025, all washing machines, all new washing machines sold in France must have these kind of filters. Wow. So the reason why we're here and the kind of success stories we measure. Yeah. It's not just the people that come and the amount of people that come, but it's actually the end results. Exactly. If you had to pick three things you must do to make an event sustainable, what would they be? Well, I think the first thing is really to integrate the, the, the notion of sustainability among all your stakeholders and really have them take part of this, of your vision. I mean, not only your team, but also uh, your suppliers, your partners, your exhibitors, speakers, and even attendees. Uh, for instance, our attendees were offered the possibility to contribute to the carbon footprint of the event. We do our contribution, but we, we also uh, offer them the possibility to, yeah, to contribute themselves. And actually, we were surprised that most of the attendees did a, a contribution. So yeah, really have all your, your stakeholders with you on board with the vision. <laughs> then I would say, consider the notion of sustainability in the whole uh, conception channel. I mean, from the, from the first ideas to the production, to the physical production, really um, in every choice, we think about sustainability. Is it credible? Is it relevant? If you think about it, just like three weeks before the summit, it's way too late. It's really from scratch that you have to think about sustainability. And then I think you also need to be creative. We need to rethink the way we create events. So there is room for uh, creativity. We, we test. We, I, I like to say that we are a, a testing laboratory. Uh, for sustainable events. So we are testing some solutions, some new ideas, but there are many other ideas that can be uh, implemented. And I think we are at a time for events to reinvent themselves. So um, yeah, that would be my third point. Be creative. Thanks so much, Rosemary, for joining us here today on Racing Green. Well, thanks a lot for your invitation. It was a pleasure. And that's all for this episode of Racing Green. Thanks for joining us. In our next episode, we talk with Julia Pale, Sustainability Director at Formula E, to explore how their events are helping to expand the adoption and development of sustainable technology across the automotive landscape. Racing Green is produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Chris Bristow, Georgina McGiven, in collaboration with the Camden Clean Air Initiative. It was recorded at Serendipity Studios in Camden, North London, with music and sound design by Chris Bristow. Music